0: My name is Bree Castellini. I used to be a spy.
1: My name is Chris Cherry. I used to be unemployed.
0: And this is Burn Noticed, a weekly rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy.
1: Throughout this podcast, we will be rating each episode on whether it is A, an episode of television. B, a great episode of television, or C, a great episode of Burn Notice.
0: If you want to know what complicated calculations go into these ratings, wait until the end where we'll explain them. Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan or anyone even remotely related to the Burn Notice cinematic universe, please get in touch. You can send us questions, suggestions, compliments, and no criticism of any kind for only two more seasons at burnnoticedpodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter at burnnoticedpod. And as always, that is Burn Noticed with a D.
1: You've—it's been a while, so you really like put a (laughs) lot of. I did. You put a lot of English on that one. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with maybe doing a full episode of like old-timey radio, like person.
1: Okay, okay, but that wasn't that though. You didn't.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I'm transitioning. Got
1: it. I mean, I'm transitioning. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually
0: sorry. I'm appropriating transitioning now for me, for podcasting. That's okay, right? It's fine. I'm an ally.
1: Yeah, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'll write you a little note that says Brie Castellini can do whatever she wants.
0: Love a person who's technically allowed to give this 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 sign off. Oof. Yeah. So we're in the same room again. I, and
1: and oh, i just want to be very clear: Brie Castellini cannot do anything she wants.
0: <laughs> right. The only way you...
1: my doctor, my trans doctor, note
0: will give me. <laughs>
1: she will abuse that privilege. Mhm. So she is not allowed.
0: I regret nothing but yeah we're in the same room the energy is gonna be like this forever for the rest of the podcast probably even,
1: i was gonna say i don't even know if it's gonna be this high for the entirety That's of true. this episode
0: yeah we're i'm sure we'll just like we'll, yeah. we'll hit a point and just downhill i oh, imagine yeah. somewhere around your episode for oh, next yeah.
1: week oh we'll yeah but we'll get to next week next week
0: we'll get to next week next week uh it's season six burn daddies oh my gosh we're so close to the end it's Weird. Like we're probably going to be done with this podcast in like a year.
1: Oh yeah, totally. So
0: if there are things that you've been waiting for us to do or discuss or answer, you better reach out because otherwise it's going to be too late and we'll never talk to you again.
1: Yeah, we will never talk to you again.
0: (laughs) And I also want to be super clear, unless all of you give us like a lot of money, we're not doing a white color podcast. I would love to. I think that would be very funny. I enjoy the process of recording and watching shows. I think it's fun. I enjoy talking to Christine about te- television. I enjoy that as well. But I we, don't enjoy editing is, so
1: often. And the thing is that, like, we can still do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you don't need to consume it. Exactly. Not for free, at least. <laughs> so, like, you know, jokey joke. If if enough of you are like, start a Patreon, we'll support you. We will consider it. But this is the end of me doing unpaid podcasts.
1: So it's white collar now? Is that the stretch goal?
0: I mean, enough people have mentioned white collar specifically.
1: Interesting. That
0: I think it could happen. We could also to be Leverage. Yeah, well, like a handful of people said Leverage. But, like, I, there's enough Leverage podcasts out there that I don't know what our angle is.
1: That's true, because Leverage is a better show.
0: Exactly. So yeah. that's the thing. It's like, you kind of have to continue going middle of the road, <laughs> like USA
1: procedurals our niche is things that no one cares about
0: yeah actually except
1: for a very dedicated fan base of people exactly who we love
0: who we do love very deeply
1: sincerely like we make fun of the show a lot and Mm -hmm. some of the people who make the show Mm -hmm. hi daddy
0: daddy we've Uh, been bad daddy
1: (laughs) but we love people who love burn notice that aren't cops
0: yes yes that important clarification, but yes, we do. We love you all very much. And also, fun fact: uh, all of Castle is now on Hulu, and I started rewatching it never, last night. Never,
1: <laughs> never. I'm telling you right now, not Castle.
0: Actually, there's a two season show. Have you ever seen Imposters? It's on Netflix right now. No, it's. Surprisingly, extremely fun. So, it's basically two separate shows. On one show, it's three dumbasses who try to um, hunt down their um, ex spouse in common who turned out to be a con woman and they all sort of found each other and have to hunt her down. And then the other show is like a sort of con woman drama about the ex wife of all of theirs who like is just doing her next con. So her story is like fairly straightforward and serious and drama y And then the three dumbasses, two guys and a girl like band together and kind of have to learn to be con artists themselves in order to fund their way to finding their ex wife, because obviously she took them for all their money. So like they have no other way to hunt her down other than having to learn how to con them themselves and they create this like weird little found family of every of all of them were like swindled by this one woman in you know different ways and like when we see flashbacks she's got you know a wig on one of them she has an accent for and it's... Here's the
1: thing. Very fun. You started talking about this, and I was like, I don't give a shit about this dumb show that Bree is talking about. Mm-hmm. Bree is always talking about dumb <laughs> shows that are bad. <laughs> it's
0: my thing. It's my brand, you exactly.
1: could say. That sounds amazing, it's though.
0: It's really fun. I haven't seen Where the was this? season
1: two. Was it on Netflix? Is this a Netflix no, show? No no, or... no, no, no.
0: Where was it? Uh, my, it? It's on one of those networks that you're like, oh, yeah, that exists. Freeform? <laughs> no, Freeform, I'll remember. Uh, it was on Bravo.
1: Oh, it's on Bravo.
0: Yeah. is Right. It's like, oh, Bravo. So
1: <laughs> you yeah, know, Bravo exists, it's like, interesting.
0: Apparently it was originally called My So-Called Wife. Oh, also, uh, uh, one of the guys... That's like, of course it was. One of like, the guys who created it is Paul Adelstein, who's mostly known as an actor. You know him.
1: I'm. I'm you're going to show me a picture and I'm like, no. here's the thing. That looks like the most generic white man that you could ever <laughs> show from, me. Um, he's
0: from, he was in Scandal. This guy
1: could be one of the regulars on Burn Notice.
0: He was in Prison Break for, he was a regular on Prison Break. That's so why I think you that's know what, who he is. Yeah. Oh, we could do a Prison Break talk
1: No, we're not going to do a Prison Break show. Prison Break. I break don't like prison. We know this.
0: Oh, he was also a recurring uh, actor on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's one of the like Irish mobsters.
1: Got it. But like,
0: anyways, he co-created the show and is like a co-writer.
1: Got it is he one of the guys
0: Mm-mm, no the guys are much s- dumber and i i'm obsessed
1: with I mean, them because it like the okay, first episode Ms. is Mrs. kind of Brie, you know that they're not actually dumb in real life i
0: don't know that i know that you can't prove it
1: you don't know who they are that's true i've known a lot of actors and they are kind of dumb <laughs> yeah
0: and we love them for it and
1: we love them so much it's i love you all my good
0: the good, the best actors are the dumbest. Exactly. I've said it here first. But yeah, it's just, it's so funny because it's such like two different shows. Like the first episode's a little slow and it very much seems like it's going to be kind of dramatic. And then at the very end of the first episode, the, cause like we, our main character is like the most recent conned like, yeah. husband and like at the very end of the first episode, the most, the second most recent ex-husband shows up and like decks him. And then, like, the next episode is them sorting through what the fuck is happening. And then, like, a couple episodes later, they meet her ex-wife, who is, like, a lesbian disaster who I'm obsessed with. (laughs) she's and like the other two are just disasters straight boys and i love that and they're all they're like siblings but there's always this weird extra layer to it where it's like they've all fallen in love with the same sort of fake woman i don't know i'm obsessed with it i think it's very funny i
1: actually think that i might watch that
0: it's only two seasons and each episode each season is like 10 to 12 episodes oh yeah of course yeah. so it will not be a long commitment that's
1: that's tempting. Mm-hmm.
0: That's something else I've watched it's in our in our hiatus. I've also been watching the other two.
1: Oh, yeah. no, Everyone should watch the other two. If you're listening to this and you're not watching the other two, you should be watching the other two.
0: Yeah, I needed to take a break from it because like they're at the point in their artistic careers that I, I'm kind of at and it's bumming me out, but also validating the shit out of me. And I'm like, I think I need to take a break.
1: No, that makes sense.
0: But you should go watch the other you two. You should go or watch the other
1: two. It. It's like the best television comedy that's on right now. Speaking of, do you, watch, do you want to talk about Burn Notice? Sure, let's talk about Burn Notice. Can I say, like, I sat down to watch this episode of television, and in the past, watching Burn Notice for this podcast has been a bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily even a reflection on Burn Notice as a show. Right. Like, anytime you have to consume a piece of media mm-hmm. for, like, a podcast or something, like, it is a bit of a chore. It can right. be. Even, like...
0: You resent it just a little bit.
1: For the best, in the best of shows. Yeah. But I sat down to watch this episode of Burn Notice, and it started, and, like, the wave of familiarity that hit me...
0: I know! I had that same reaction, because, like, I forgot about it, and I had, like a little bit of a day yesterday, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I have to watch Burn Notice tonight, because I have stuff to do in the morning tomorrow, I won't have time to do it before we record, and I was like, oh, goddamn it!" and then you had said, like, oh, your episode's pretty good, I'm like, oh, okay, so I sat down, and I'm like, yeah, but I still gotta do all my notes, and I gotta write down who directed the stupid thing, and I, you know, I'm doing all my chore stuff, and then, yeah, I sit down, and, like, the first thing that happens is that, like, not to get into the weeds, but girlfriend is canon, and Jesse's in the opening credits, and I was like, good for them i just i felt so excited for my friends
1: <laughs> right and even then just like it felt like home
0: Yeah, it, did. it felt
1: like home and it was a really good episode it to was. start this
0: series no with, yeah
1: it uh, was uh, on. one of the best openers mm-hmm. um but before we do that we should get in the weeds but before we get in the weeds you have to tell us what the name of the episode is and when it aired and who directed it and who wrote it And what people on IMDb said about it, that's somehow the most important thing...
0: We're doing it for Tony, even though Tony has not listened to this podcast in probably seven years. We haven't even been doing the podcast for seven years, and that's how long it's been since they've listened. Anyways, this is season six, episode one. It's called Scorched Earth. It aired June 14th, 2012, and was written by Big Daddy and directed by Steven Shergic. So pretty classic crew, yeah, which they course. tend to do for opening Oh no, Oh, yeah, you want to do that. Yeah, we, we need to know, you know, that we're safe. We're safe with Daddy and his special friend Stephen Sergic. Uh, The IMDb description for this episode, for Tony, is with Fiona now in custody and facing an old foe inside prison, Michael uh, Michael pulls out all the stops to take on Amson.
1: Cool, let's get some weeds.
0: Yeah, let's get in the weeds. So, yeah, hopping into the weeds, absolutely thrilled that the intro has been tweaked.
1: Oh, I don't think it's in this first episode. It is, it is. I swear it wasn't. I swear it just opened cold.
0: Mm -mm. No, it, it opened with burn notice. The Burnout is opening. Maybe yours, like, auto-skipped that.
1: Maybe it did. I thought it went straight to... Oh, okay. Mm-mm.
0: No, because I watched it in this episode. It's in my notes.
1: <laughs> no, because I had mine in my notes.
0: <laughs> well, in any case, we both took notes on it, and we're thrilled. Yes. Uh, a trigger-happy girlfriend. Exactly. Them. <gasps> oh, yes, Fee. Uh, and then Jesse is, like, the spy they found along a, the way or a something. A down-and-out
1: spy that you met along the way. Oh love that for them. Love that for them. I really love that for them. It's about time. It's Mm -hmm. only been six seasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's technically only been been a season and a half of Jesse. So there's like, I'll I'll count season four as a half season, even though Jesse was obviously prominently in it, but he was like, They could have just written him off at the end of the season and it would have roughly made sense based on what they were doing that season. But he's earned it.
1: He has earned it. He's earned it. Our good boy has earned it. Our
0: good boy has earned it. And I was just, I was so happy for him. But yeah, like basically every person that I see again in this show, I'm just like, it's them. It's you. Like it really is, feels like a homecoming. It does. Our brains are broken.
1: Our brains are broken. (sighs) So
0: um, speaking of people who are a little bit broken... We start with Fee getting dragged through the FBI and manhandled as they bring her in, you know, checking all of her orifices and whatnot. After that, Michael is rereading her letter very moodily in a car. Uh, Sam tracks him down. Apparently, Michael has been avoiding all of the boys um, because he's so despondent. Uh, Michael then mas- manhandles Sam because apparently it is too unbelievable that Fee overpowered him last season. Because if you'll remember last season, um, Fee was like, wanting to go and Michael was like, No, no, no And then for whatever reason Michael had handcuffed No, Michael handcuffed Fee in in the loft. Yes. So Michael handcuffs Fee and leaves her there because he doesn't want her to turn herself in and then Sam comes to the loft for whatever reason and according to last season, Fee like overtook him and sam is now handcuffed in the loft and then this season michael's like that couldn't happen i don't believe it and i was like first of all fuck you i
1: absolutely believe oh, it oh i 100 believe it have you met fee yeah and have you met sam
0: yeah. <laughs> have you like ever tried to get in her way for anything
1: like no fee is a force of nature and sam is at minimum 50 <laughs> he like definitely like got his shit together for the movie mm-hmm. he's looking a little more fit from the from the movie but he's still like an older man mm-hmm. and like Fee is like
0: <laughs> danger is danger incarnate she's a she's an XL danger in an XS dress
1: is that from something no. or you just make it up I just
0: made it up I'm really talented this is why I should be allowed to use transition vis-a-vis podcasting because I'm great <laughs> at it Anyways. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh it turns out that Michael's absolutely correct. Oh, like half correct. I guess basically it was like Sam the way that it's explained is that Sam sort of like let her overpower him versus like fighting back as hard as he could. So it's it's not even that that Sam like You know, it was just like, yeah, Fee, go on. And I'll just cut myself in the head. Like, she did, like, fuck him up. But I guess the implication is that he didn't fight back. I think,
1: yeah, I think... He let it happen. Yeah, the implication is very... It's unclear on purpose. Mm -hmm. I kind of... I wish I could see that scene. I know. But yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm a little annoyed, but Fee, we we get to a place at the end where I'm like, okay, I'm happy with how Fee is being portrayed. Anyway, Sam's like, let her make her own decision. Um, you like have been out of it the past couple of weeks. Like, this is not okay. Like, look, it's one thing that you're betraying your friends, but then betraying your government. Like, there's this this very weird exchange yeah. where Sam like acknowledges like you've been betraying. You're gonna betray your friends. Pause.
1: You're gonna betray your government. He is almost crying. He is on the edge of tears. Like <laughs> Bruce so is Campbell, Michael. they're both so upset at the concept of betraying your government. Bruce Campbell is emoting the ha- Like <laughs> I will say, in this episode, both Jeffrey Donovan and Bruce Campbell are kind of like peaking in terms of like their acting ability. Mm-hmm. Well, they're at
0: like an eleven the entire. They're episode. at eleven at
1: the entire time, but like, and like. But they're at 11 and in a way where they kind of like flatten out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this particular episode is Jeffrey Donovan's finest hour.
0: Mm-mm. Well, because well, I... his finest hour is when he's with the women. Like when he's with Fiona, yeah. name that I definitely know. Or he's with Sharon Buenas? Glass. Yeah. Well, no, like actual name. What's Fiona's actual name?
1: The actress? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, um, Gabrielle Anwar. So Gabrielle when he's with Amor.
0: Gabrielle or when he's with Sharon uh, they're my friends now, so I'm calling yeah. them by their first name. Gabby such, and Sharon. He's great. Like, the women genuinely bring out the best in Jeffrey yeah. Donovan. Uh, full name only. I'll never call him Jeffrey. Or, God forbid, Jeff. No, he is Jeffrey Donovan forever. And, of course, Matt Nix is daddy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he's always good with the women. With the guys, I, I don't say, know. They must just be goofing off or something, which I think is sort of the vibe I get from this set. But, yeah, his his best acting is not with the dudes.
1: And it's not, like at this kind of level of emotion. Yeah, usually not. Like, they're not great at portraying this kind of intensity of emotion. Mm-hmm. It just, they don't, they can't do it with a character. They can only do it with a loudness. Yeah. So not to, like, diss them too much. Not to diss Wicked Piss of JD, which is the only other thing you can call him.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yes, two options. Jeffrey Donovan, Wicked Piss of JD. That's it. Yeah. Do you think we could call him Wikipissy if we, like, got close?
1: I think that's a question that only Wikipissy can answer.
0: Wikipissy sounds like a Wikipedia for, like, golden shower kinks. Wikipissy.
1: If that doesn't exist already, (laughs) it will soon.
0: You're welcome, internet. But yeah, so they have like it out. They both get very emotional about possibly betraying the government. And then Sam's like, we should go see the CIA at the airport. Remember the airport where Dean Cain's hanging out? They got to go there to meet up with Jesse to maybe like plot out their next move. And so he's like, okay, end of cold open. Post-cold open, Michael and Sam are racing to, I guess, the airport for indeterminate additional steps to the plan when Sam gets a call from Jesse with a lead on Anson and Michael just slams on the brakes in the middle of the street with near-perfect comedically timed, what? Where? (laughs) And, like, Sam, of course, like, smacks his head in the dashboard and is like, you gotta warn me before you slam on the brakes in the middle of the fucking street, Michael Weston. And he's like, where's Anson? (laughs) And so then he's like, he's it this way. So then they, like, do a weird illegal U-turn and peel off in the other direction.
1: I feel like slamming on the brakes like that is one of those things that, like, really works in, like, a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you have to do it in real life and the physics of real life, like, get in play, it's so awkward. And also, you're in the middle of the fucking street. Pull over. And it's also, like, <laughs> it seems like I don't... You don't know anything at this point. You don't know if you're this. going in the right direction. You're exactly. Not. You may have been. You may have made it harder he, for yourself. He did it for
0: the drama. He and listen, it. I appreciate this. My boy is hurt. My boy is sad and desperate. My boy needs a little drama in his life.
1: My boy lives for the drama. <laughs> My
0: boy lives for the drama. But it does turn out that it's in the other direction. So they peel off in the other direction with Jesse as man in the van with the CIA computers. Remind me. Where was Jesse at the end of last season, and why does he just, like, get access to the CIA computers, even though he fully does not work for the CIA anymore? He's Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, was he there? Was he I, at the airport? I, I don't I, think he was. He was not a part of the team. It was Lauren and whose name I can never remember in the was, actual show.
1: <laughs> is he still pretending to be, like, was he doing the thing where he was trying to stop airports, Was that a different episode? Oh,
0: no, you're right. Maybe he was, he was, like, the plant, and then Michael and his new CIA team were, like, the cover. Oh, yeah, because, like, they almost blew up Jesse with a plane because of the Anson trickery. Right. Okay, so Jesse was there and was, like, an asset and then they were like, sure, you can have the computers, I guess. Yeah,
1: I think it's something like that. <laughs> yes,
0: that that part was glazed over, but I was like, all right, Jesse's at the computers and Lauren Stammel is giving him hell because she's like, this seems like a wild goose chase, even though that's always confusing to me at this, especially season six of a show. Lauren Stammel has been with us for a full season. She knows the fuckery that they're up to and she knows that they're always right about it or at the very least right enough that you got to kind of go with it. Like it, it's too, she's been with us too long for I it to be believable for her to be like, This seems like a stretch, guys.
1: I mean, yes, but also I do think that the episode does a pretty good job of making most of her complaints logistical.
0: But I feel like it was like one or two tenors off. Because it's one thing to be like... Are you sure this is the guy? Like, this is the picture. This is the name. It's like, I believe you, but you're giving me nothing to work with. I can't, you know, I can't yeah. be full vigilante like you guys. And, like, that's sort of there, but it still comes across as, like, classic procedural with, you know, a loose cannon. Like, mm, I don't know about this.
1: I mean, I do think it, I think part of it's also, like, it's her saying that, like, I can believe you, but also... The CIA has to believe you, and you've given me nothing. But I have nothing. she didn't say that. <laughs> that's what we're interpreting, and that's
0: mostly what she's saying. But there is enough of just sort of like, you know, industry stooge I don't know. inflexible that I'm like, just let her be like, I'm with you. I am. You understand what position this puts me in, right?
1: I feel like there's enough of that there that it didn't bother me.
0: It didn't bother me, but it just like, it tickled me in a way that I didn't appreciate.
1: You don't like being tickled.
0: I don't. Write women better. Anyways, so then Michael steals a very big truck to slow Anson down on the highway because they know like what car he's in and what highway he's on. So they have a pretty good idea, especially since all the like planes have been grounded in Miami because of the big explosion last year, last season, that is. They have a pretty good idea where he's headed. So Michael steals a very big truck to like basically um, block up that direction to force Anson to either go somewhere else or be stuck in traffic. And (laughs) the way he does this is he steals the truck, but then the guy who owns the truck tries to come out and like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my car. And Sam's like, no, please. And so him and Sam start to get into it and then Michael just, like, shoots a gun in, like, right next to their heads and is like, stop it. Get in the,
1: (laughs) get out of here. Sam's play here is to charm himself, like, charm this guy into letting his truck get stolen. Mm -hmm. It's a wild play. And then
0: Michael Wesson's like, I don't have time for this. And he just, like, shoots near them. And I'm like kind of like this version of Michael Wesson. Like, even though definitely I don't want to see Jeffrey Donovan at 11 the entire season, I like that he's like, no more nice guy. No, like, no. Yeah. Fuck all of you. I'm getting my girl. I will
1: say it worse there. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little hot there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a little hot. Give it him some stuff. Let, let him but have stubble. Let him act like this. And then I'm, that's it. That's all I need for notice.
1: That's what I'm saying is that like, that's nuance? because like, nuance, <laughs> <He's not> nuance. <laughs> I don't Some know noir nuance <laughs> That's nuanced. <laughs> um, but like it is like it's not just him shouting. He's not shouting in Mm-mm. that moment.
0: He's like, got that quiet intensity. Yeah, that, like, that's
1: the thing that he's good at. Mm-hmm. They needed to play that more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh, but anyways, they get the truck, and he blows it up on the highway. This will come back later. Yeah. But he, like, blows it up in a way that, like, nobody can get past him. So, uh, then we see Fee. uh, she's in an interrogation room, and my other boy, Jason Bly, walks in. I was genuinely delighted to see him, because I was not expecting him at all. And then he walks in, and I was like, Jason Bly from Bad Breaks?!
1: here's the thing about this moment. I remember Jason Mm Bly. I forgot he worked for the, what does he work for? The FBI? The CIA? I think he works for the CIA. I forgot that he worked for the government. I kind of assumed that he was just like a random bad guy criminal. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that like it seemed like he had done enough bad stuff that like he wouldn't be working for the government anymore. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, that's a silly thing but yeah betray the government
0: (laughs) no yeah i mean has always been like the pain in his ass on the you know agency side
1: that's right it's because it was so long it's been so long since he was a character really outside of bad breaks sure like because his actual arc stuff was like season one wasn't it
0: no, it was season two. Because so Bad Breaks happens midway through season two. And Jason no, but, Bly is introduced, I think, early season two. No,
1: I think he's introduced in season one. I think he's coming he? back. I No, because he's like the first thing. Like, he comes in and he's like... He goes into Madeline's house and it's like... Jason Bly, when he's in Bad Breaks, is a kind of surprise return because he's not involved in the season set. You're
0: right. He is a surprise involved. Was he in season one? That seems wild.
1: Which is why it was so hard for me to remember what Jason Bly's actual deal was. We've also
0: seen him since then. Have we? We definitely have.
1: I don't even remember that. I just remember... I remember him being in season one. I remember bad breaks. And then I remember never seeing him again.
0: He was in... His first episode was unpaid debt in season one season yeah, one episode course. six and then season one episode seven and then we don't see him and then he comes back
1: for bad breaks for bad and breaks, then
0: and then he's in a couple more episodes huh yeah oh john c mcginley we'll get there that's we'll get there. i just saw his name here so yeah okay fair enough no i i mean i have seen bad breaks conservatively like 30 times just as its own episode so jason bly is my boy
1: it's your boy and
0: like despite everything that went down with him i remember oh this is his last season so he has two more episodes this season and then he never comes back
1: no of course um spoiler alert
0: but like
1: do you think they kill him do you think he dies
0: I don't know. If he does, it's going to be in like some sort of heroic way. No, like the way the thing about Jason Bly is that early on in season one, he was like he was just a heel. He was like, "Fuck you, Michael Weston. You're a bad guy, and I'm going to figure you out." And then Bad Breaks kind of turns him around of like. Oh, you are a man of honor, yeah. and you know I don't always love your process, but like we can, we can, we can vibe. Um, and so, like the fact that he comes in to this fee interrogation, like all hot, seems very strange. Like, what is his angle? He's so like manipulative in this interrogation plot line that we see over the course of the rest of the episode. That I'm like. Where is this vitriol coming from? Like, Michael Weston didn't ruin him. Like, at the end of Bad Breaks, he's just like, hey, I'm actually not going to blackmail you anymore. You know? Like, they were cool.
1: I mean, I think that's just, that's how interrogations work. Yeah, It seems like he's playing the role of the interrogator. But
0: the other thing is, what is his goal in scene? Because I couldn't figure that out either. It's like, he's trying to get her to attach Michael to the situation, but even he acknowledges that it seems like she's trying to protect Michael, which implies that Michael was in some sort of, like, bad situation.
1: Yeah, it is actually... So what It is, is weird. Right? It is weird. This
0: was the weirdest part of the episode to me, um, even though I am delighted to see Jason imply, Hello, my friend. Um, but, yeah, I just... It was hard for me to pin down, especially the lengths at which he will eventually go to try and get to confess to something. Yeah,
1: it, the thing that makes it weird is that, like... It seems like the CIA wants Michael, Mm -hmm. so it seems like they would not want to implicate Michael. Right. It seems like they would want to cut Michael out.
0: Maybe he is FBI. I don't know.
1: I don't know exactly. Yeah, I was very unclear. Because, yeah, because she turned herself into the FBI. So I guess maybe the CIA wants Michael.
0: He's a CSS agent. What's a CSS agent?
1: I don't know. But he did say also that he was on loan.
0: Central Security Service, agency of the U.S. Department of Defense. It's integrating national security, the NSA and the cryptologic components.
1: Got it. So he, he's like a crypto guy.
0: Yeah. So he's he, so panic. he's the Central Security Service, not the Central Intelligence uh, Agency. So he, he is technically a different organization.
1: Got it. And but, although he did say he was on loan, and she turned herself into the FBI. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, she did turn herself into the so FBI. So
1: he's working right now on loan for the FBI. Yeah. This is all fascinating.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is. But yeah, but but, but this the point remains, like, what is the goal of the interrogation? Because she walked in and she was like, I did the bomb. And they're like, okay, well, we believe you and are going to manhandle you as if we believe you. But now we're like, but how is Michael involved?
1: Is it, and I can't believe that it's this, is it just that he wants the truth?
0: But why would he go to the links that he does eventually in the episode? Because to get the he cares truth?
1: about the truth?
0: Okay, well then walk that back. Why would Fee not want to tell him the truth? What does she lose admitting that Michael was like kind of kidnapped
1: and she blew up a building to get him unkidnapped? I guess because that implicates him in the same thing. But it doesn't because he was kidnapped. I mean, but he wasn't. He was kidnapped, but also like he was still doing bad. like
0: Yeah, but she didn't have to tell him what Michael was doing. Just that, like, well, this I ma- mean, Larry Sizemore fully still cannot re- believe this man's name is Sizemore. Larry Sizemore. What the fuck kind of a name is that Burnout is? anyways? like, there's a version of this where she can say, like, yeah, this guy had Michael and I blew him up.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then that wouldn't be the truth.
0: But I don't... But, like, it seemed like his concern was, like, Michael was there. I know Michael was there. The concern seems to be Michael. Why?
1: I don't know. I No, I agree with you. This is dumb.
0: Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to
1: make it work, but it's dumb.
0: It's really... It it doesn't have to be. There could be some element of it that's, like... Like, if they were trying to also pin her to what Larry was up to, which I don't even remember at this point. Whatever he was doing at the consulate... Maybe that was that they were trying to be like. But we also know that in addition to a bombing, a different thing was happening at the consulate. Were you also involved in that?
1: The thing is that, like, but that is it has to be about Michael. Right. Because the arc has to be about feel like,
0: protecting michael
1: yeah like willingly going to death row for michael weston like, and that's, that's
0: fine and i love that but for her.
1: yeah but it's like how do you make that work as a story because it doesn't sound well like i just good said complaint. it you 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 say well, no, but i not... know
0: something's happening in the consulate separate from the bombing and i know since you said that you set off the bomb you couldn't have been in there so who was in there well i thought that's what he was doing is it yeah i don't know if i got that intention. Anyways, it was very confusing and not well put together. But I love Fee, um, and she's great. So next, after this, <laughs> Sam and Michael argue about Fee for longer uh, as they're like driving on the side of the highway in the opposite direction, like looking for Anson. They they see Anson's car and then figure out that he's gone to a nearby county. There's a, plant. Guy
1: there there is like, a guy there who's like, there's a guy there who's like, you know that dude. He's like, he's a real duty guy.
0: I guess it's because he's got a good, he's got like a jag. I guess. He has like a nice car.
1: I assumed that Anson said something to this guy. I thought this guy was important. He was not.
0: No, yeah, I I couldn't paint down like why we needed this guy at all. Like I I guess a friend of theirs needed a SAG card or something.
1: I guess. I don't know. It was just like. (laughs) They needed some way to know where he specifically went.
0: Well, if they, they, they saw that they recognized the car, he touched the ignition, it was still warm, so he knows he hasn't been gone from the car for long. Yeah. He looks across the, like, street and is like, chemical plant, bet that's it. Exactly. Because then he also says, like, chemical plant is a great place for a spy on the run. Exactly. So, like, you it, know. You
1: don't need this guy. Yeah, you really don't I need I don't this know guy. why this guy is here. Yeah.
0: And his intent, his motivations within the scene are very con- con- confusing anyways, but whatever. Um, so, uh, they they see the chemical plant. and They're like, he's at the chemical plant. We got to go there. But then as they're heading there, Anson calls and threatens Madeline, which pisses Michael off even more. But Sam's like, Jesse's way closer. We got to go to this chemical plant. Let Jesse handle it. Like, so we
1: physically cannot get to Madeline in time, mm-hmm.
0: and it would be a waste of time. And then Anson would get away. So like, I know you're pissed. I need you to stay on fucking topic. So they call Jesse. And then we cut to Madeline for the first time this season. She's eating a sandwich and smoking. I love this for her. She is my queen. She is watching the news, seeing Fee taken away in cuffs and seems very upset. So she tries to call Michael, but there's no signal. And then she tries the house phone, but there's also no signal. And she looks outside and like the box that allows phones to work that are attached to things. The phone box. The phone box. With all the phone wires. is cut. Yeah. And she's like, uh-oh. And, like, looks around. and there's, The phone like, has been
1: de-boxed.
0: The phone has been de-boxed. No phones. Phones down. Uh, and she looks over and she sees, like, a big, muscly guy in Kevlar, like, heading towards her house. And she's like, fuck. Uh, so she um, disappears into the back of her house. I'm
1: also confused as to this man's motivations. The way that Anson explains it mm-hmm. is that he is, like, a schizophrenic or something.
0: Oh, I missed that. No, no.
1: Like, the idea was that, like... The way Anson explains it is, like, I was treating this guy, he has a lot of violent urges. He is, like, a schizophrenic or something. I pointed him in a direction. Mm-hmm. But the way that he is operating suggests that he was being, like... Very that, methodical. Very Not just very methodical, but, like, is trying to complete a goal but Mm -hmm. he's operating as if he is a soldier with orders
0: well he is because that's who Anson like treats Anson doesn't just treat like randos
1: no no, he doesn't just treat randos but it's also like there's nothing like sadistic about what he's doing yeah no that's why I wouldn't have
0: if you hadn't remembered that I because I think I must have been taking notes I would have fully just been like yeah this is a guy Anson hired
1: yeah exactly it just seems like the explanation that he gives which may not be true it may just be like a lie
0: Yeah, I mean, answer's kind of desperate.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: And he's like, "Remember, I'm a psych guy. Exactly, I do brain stuff. Yeah,
1: it's just a little bit of color. It's like, oh, sure, yeah, just
0: just to make him more than a guy. Yeah, like remember, Anson's the supervillain, brainy
1: boy. Exactly, he's big. He's megamind.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Actually, screw old timey, (laughs) screw old timey radio voice. You have to talk like that." That's your new voice. His Mega Mind. His Mega Mind. He so, is Guys. You can't see, but Brie is doing this thing with like her. Like jazz hands. hands? She's doing jazz hands.
0: But, like, jazz hands in. Jazz hands are supposed to be like this, yeah. and I'm doing like this. I'm doing Once again, like... Brie
1: is on a podcast, on an audio medium.
0: This is, is why we can't be in the same room, because I just want to talk to you.
1: Like. Yeah, she's not just, like... I'm shaking. clapping
0: in yeah. uh, American Sign Language.
1: That's what... Yeah. That's but, like, any way doing. that, like, matches the rhythm of the things that you're saying.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Make a yes. mind. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, so, even in my notes... I'm like, I really hope Maddie's going to go get her shotgun because she's gotten the shotgun out a handful of times Mm -hmm. over the course of the years um, and has never gotten to use it, but I've always loved the look of Maddie with a shotgun. I'm like, please burn notice. Let Maddie kill someone. Michael stakes out the chemical plant and then we move back to Fiona. (laughs) Like, there's nothing really happening in that scene. He stakes out the chemical plant. Yeah. Fiona is being cagey about Michael for some reason and Bly tries to figure out why she killed Larry and I still cannot believe that's his last name, Sizemore. Once again... Wild And yeah, so this is just me continuing to be confused yeah. at the line of questioning in this fucking interrogation. Back at the chemical plant, Michael and Sam pursue Anson who definitely sets them up immediately framing them for killing a security guard that he killed, uh, getting them pinned down by other guards using um, like one of their walkies that he stole. Um, but you know, our guys are good and they managed to get out of the situation without killing any cont- any further guards and right. like managed to kind of get them on the side. Uh,
1: There's a... This is the point where a runner in the episode starts, which is Sam explaining to everyone that he's actually the good guys. Mm -hmm. Like, it becomes this thing. It's like, I know, believe it or not, we're the good guys. Yeah, he did that with the truck guy, too. Exactly. And it's this weird runner that feels like the show doth protest too much.
0: Yeah, a little bit. It's it's like, I just keep expecting him to be like, listen, I would betray a friend. I'm not going to lie. I would never betray my government.
1: You can trust me. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, there's this idea. That's the thing, right? Is that, like, it's one of those tensions in the episode that's a tension in a lot of uh, Matt Nick stuff mm-hmm. where it's unsure how intentional the tension is. Mm-hmm. Where he wants to
0: do antiheroes, but he can't fully commit because he's like, because they're he's... good guys.
1: Exactly. All
0: their decisions are good guy decisions.
1: Exactly. And it's it's
0: kind of too bad, because Michael's turn at the end of last season is interesting. The fact that, like, in the recap, he's like, there's no line when it comes to you, Fee. Exactly. That was interesting.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, but there can only be good guys and bad guys. There is no middle ground between them. Yeah, there really is not. But so, and it really kind of throws it into sharp relief when Sam just keeps insisting, believe it or not, we're the good guys. Mm
0: -hmm. It almost feels, though, like he's doing it in contrast to Michael, who's like, (laughs) almost not a good guy right now and I I think if they played with that a little more if they'd let Michael be like actively violent and Sam have to keep pulling him back from the ledge I think that could be a more interesting tension but we can't let Michael be too dark because he is our hero
1: yeah I think it would play better if it didn't feel like the show literally believed that they were the good guys and that the good guys is a concept that is real and exists
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like the show Yeah, set in Austin Um, or set in Dallas.
1: It was set in Dallas.
0: So back to Maddie's house, Jesse barges in and instantly Schizo guy has a gun to his head. Uh, but right when it seems like it's all over for the spy we picked up along the way, Chekhov's shotgun finally goes off and Mama Weston comes to the rescue from the attic. So Maddie has apparently hidden in the attic as this like crazy guy that Anson found is sort of wandering the house looking for her. And then Jesse comes in, really poorly like he's just like maddie are you here <laughs> and the guy's like i have a gun at your head and then he's like where's michael weston where is michael weston and i'm like did you not know you were here for his mom to me f- we know where michael Weston.
1: exactly is. this is my thing it's very <laughs> unclear what his motivations are mm-hmm. i will also say in jesse's defense the the exact words that jesse were told was madeline's in trouble no explanation of like there's a Crazy psychopath coming to Maddie's house. No context at That's all. That's fair. Well,
0: I feel like a lot of that exposition has to happen. We have to believe that it necessarily happens off camera. Because... I would say
1: that normally, but, like, I'm pretty sure a phone is hung up. Like, I think in a situation like this where things are happening in almost real time, mm-hmm. it's harder to buy that than in... a Like a A thing where there's a lot more. Sure. Yeah.
0: That's fair. All right. I'll give you that. And it just, but yeah, the real confusing part about this soul sequence is like, where's Michael Weston? I guess because Anson maybe was trying to get Michael to go there. And so maybe he's hoping that this guy, in addition. kill Michael. And then also just anyone there because he's
1: crazy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Except he doesn't. I did the Megamind hands again. You did the Megamind hands again. (laughs) Uh, But, anyways, yes. uh, Madeline has, like, hidden in her. Do you have a strong
1: attachment to Megamind.
0: No, I've only seen it once and I genuinely could not tell you anything that happened.
1: I feel like there's a generational thing where I think maybe like older Gen Z has more of a connection to Megamind.
0: Gen Z? Did you say Gen Z? I said Gen Z. Oh, okay. I was thinking the other direction. Oh, no. Okay. No, so then, not. yes, I'm, I'm with you. I was like, wait, why would Gen X care no. about
1: Megamind? What <laughs> are you <laughs> trying to argue? <laughs> Gen X doesn't care about Megamind. No. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I okay. would never make such an assertion. Yeah,
0: I definitely think that it's more of a Gen Z thing, because 2010, a lot of them would be like 10, 11. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I am slightly too old for that, but mm-hmm. I have seen it.
0: I have seen it exactly once. Yeah. Uh, no, and- I
1: have seen that. Phenomenon. I have not actually seen Mega Mind.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I remember it being good. Yeah. Don't have really any thoughts beyond that. Tina Fey's nice in it. It's good for her.
1: Tina Fey's Um, (laughs) alright.
0: Yeah, she's fine in it. It's whatever.
1: No, I haven't seen it. I'm just like. That's me passing Judge Valentina effect. She's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's starting to become what her and Amy Poe both are starting to get oh, into yeah. that like 90s progressivist kind of yeah. nonsense. Like they got further than like Joss Whedon and Amy Sherman Palladino, but not by much. Not because by they much. also have the additional toxicity of like being in the comedy scene. And yeah. the comedy scene is fucking of
1: course. brutal. And also, I think like we're all, as a moment, culturally reckoning with the insanity of, like, the early 2000s, mm-hmm. specifically. And and I think they were, like, very much a product of that time, because that's when, like, Tina Fey was running SNL. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's when Amy Fuller was on SNL. I said, Fuller, I don't mm-hmm. know why. And they're doing Weekend Update and all that stuff. So they're very much of that era where we, like, hated women.
0: Yeah, and so like they they kind of got away with a lot of stuff because it's like oh finally women are allowed to talk, but it's like well you're both skinny white women and you're yeah, extremely rich exactly, and <laughs> your p- politics need to fucking evolve, as do the way that you treat your colleagues in comedy who are like actively fucking shit up. Yeah, like fire Dave Becky Amy Poehler.
1: Uh, meanwhile, Tina Fey wants to eat this cake.
0: Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> mama weston to the rescue she shoots the guy with the shotgun everything's fine i love it i love it i love it back at the interrogation scene Bly tries a new tactic pretending michael died in the truck explosion which he shows uh pictures up to fee with a fake coroner's report and everything and like i started to get nervous and i was like oh god is this what ha- ends up like getting michael caught or something because like fee can't notice and i was like please matt nix let fee notice something in the coroner's report like oh i know he has a mole here or something no,
1: this was the thing i had the same thought Like, because the show, the camera lingered on the bit where it had all of Michael's injuries listed. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thinking, like, this is not a current list of Michael's injuries. (laughs) That's what I thought. Like, trust me, I know this man's body.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, I was really nervous that, like, this gambit would work and they wouldn't let Fee be Michael's equal. Because they do that a lot, where, like, Fee is almost his equal, but then she's just a soft little lady. Yeah.
1: No, I knew that it wouldn't work. I wasn't sure what the thing was going to be. Mm-hmm.
0: I was I was just I was on edge cuz I was like I'm liking this episode. There's good energy. It's very actiony, but in a way that like I'm really enjoying. I
1: was a little annoyed, not annoyed, but like disappointed that it seemed to work as long as it did. Yeah. I thought that the reveal would be that like she knew it was fake right away yeah. and was stringing Bly along.
0: I think that would have been what they did if it was Michael. Exactly. But but Fee is not the protagonist, blah, blah, blah. So she has to take a little longer. But, spoiler alert, she gets there. And I'm very happy with the way that it happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, that definitely should have been the way that it happened. So, good on you. Uh, Back at the chemical plant, Pierce... uh, AKA Lawrence Samuel finally shows up and they get all of the employees out, but Anson is still inside and hiding. So Michael wants to go kill him while Sam tries to get him to slow down and plan his attack. And then Michael holds a gun at him and then Pierce holds a gun at Michael. And she's like, this is not, you can't hold a gun at Sam. That's not your thing. You are not allowed on this task. Force. I think
1: that's kind get of another of reason why I didn't mind the earlier stuff as much. Because Michael's clearly very unhinged right now. Sure. So it might be more about like, I believe you guys, but Michael should maybe not be involved. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, I trust Michael normally. I have never seen Michael Weston behave this way before. Sure. So I don't know if I trust this Michael Weston.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. And she's instantly like, get out of here. And so then Michael, like, hands the gun to Sam with this very weird smile that made me think, like, is he going to, like, pretend to be calm and then, like, freak out and run away? And he does it. But it's like, what is this expression, Jeffrey Donovan? It's
1: Jeffrey Donovan doesn't know what he's doing right now as an yeah, actor. It's
0: it's so confusing. He's just like the smile is the smile of someone who's like, okay, I'll calm down. Psych
1: Yeah. But
0: then he does it. He's just like, okay, I'll go look at the, the, the it recordings. was really
1: weird. <laughs> it was so such weird. a weird
0: <sighs> really weird beat. I, I'm I'm happy with everything that comes around it, but the just the directing got weird. Yeah. Then. Like And that's a directing problem. I was gonna say and like Steven
1: Sergi like
0: <laughs> What are you telling him You're doing moment?
1: a really good action episode right now. Mm-hmm. Like props to you for that like you needed to rein Jeffrey Donovan in a little bit more
0: mm-hmm. yeah give him a consistent motivation every and everything. it's scene. not
1: like you're not a regular director on this show where you have like because like sometimes if it's like a newer director right and like they but, have less
0: power they have yeah. less of
1: a rapport but it's Stephen Surgic
0: yeah daddy's friend daddy's exactly. special friend Stephen. <laughs> so uh, but like I guess what we're meant to take away from this is that Michael has like me. <laughs> Come back down to earth, and so like when he's looking at the security cameras, which is where they like put him, like go sit down and watch the security camera. We'll go get Anson, and he's like all bleary-eyed and like rubbing his eyes and his temples, like you know he's like coming down off of like a high of just fury. So I guess that's what the smile was of like, oh thank you for bringing me back down to earth.
1: Oh, but that's not what it looks like. No, it's not at all.
0: But that's what we're supposed to take away. So I'm like, fine, Steve, I'll go with you on this. So he's watching the security camera. Sam is upstairs getting into the room that they think anson's in they know there's like a heat signature or something in there um and so michael's watching their back and then he like notices some barrels or something he's like i gotta go check something out i don't know i bye yeah it's unclear what he noticed well and even in the spy voiceover it's like sometimes when you're so stressed you get you either get hyper aware or hyper paranoid yeah and he's like well i'm gonna go with it there's some barrels guys i gotta go look but it's Michael Weston, so of course the barrels lead him to Anson. Exactly. and The
1: barrels are speaking to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he catches up to Anson. The barrels Anson. say Anson. <laughs> they spell out Anson's Anson.
1: Anson's here. <laughs> Anson's here, Michael. We saw
0: them. He can smell them through the cameras.
1: Where are the barrels? <laughs> Where are the barrels, Anson? We saw Where are the <laughs> Anson.
0: Gotta go to Charlie... We gotta go to Candy Mountain, Anson. <laughs>
1: This episode has an energy. It's a
0: a magical Leoplerodon Anson. Oh, God. (laughs) But anyways, he catches up to Anson. They tussle, but then Anson holds up what he claims is a dead man's switch and is like, you gotta let me go, Michael. My, uh, My boat rescue is here, so fuck you. Anson gets away. That's and and also is like and I will kill everyone and he's like Sam you gotta get out of there and Sam's like what what are you talking about and then they like Sam at the same time as Anton's like backing up with his dead man switch my uh Sam finally gets into the room with, like, Lauren Stamiel and everyone, and, like, it's just a dude tied to the, pi- like, pipes. And they're like, oh, fuck, we gotta get out of here. He's rigged the plastic blow. So, like, Lauren Stamiel and everybody gets out. I don't know why it's just Lauren Stamiel now. But they, her and the CIA evacuates, and then, of course, instantly the place goes up in, like, a huge explosion, and we're like, oh, no, is Sam dead? Yeah. Of course Sam's not dead. They're not, Sam's gonna, not dead. they're not gonna kill Sam randomly off camera, rescuing on fucking nobody.
1: But like No, I mean, I believe that they would have Sam die rescuing a nobody, because that's very in character for Sam.
0: But it, it needs to be a but, nobody that we have an emotional attachment to. No,
1: see, I actually, I could see them doing that. I could see, like... Could you? No, I mean, not in this way. It would be on camera. But, like... Like, we'd hear his last words. I think, like, there's a thing going on, like, especially, like, in the, like, movie, the Sam Axe movie, where we're really kind of setting up, like, Sam as, like... The hero of the common man, so I could see that. I
0: think, I'm not saying
1: that that's definitely what they would do, that's but like, the thing is,
0: like, you have to remember that we're watching Burn Notice. No, Burn Notice would never let a primary lead character die like this. Oh no,
1: they would never let them die like this. I'm just saying that like, there's a thing going on that's like not unlike
0: the all... suspension of disbelief is not totally out the window for you.
1: I mean, yeah, but I more not. It's not that I thought they were killing Sam off here. I knew they weren't killing Sam off here. What I'm saying is that I could envision a story that's about Sam dying to save a nobody.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But like, yeah, yeah. It, would have, it would have had to have been constructed very differently. Exactly. Point being, we were not fooled for a minute, but no, yeah. Michael was, and Michael gets very upset. Uh, but then, of course, Sam slow motion runs out with the captive, so everything's fine. Exactly. Michael calls Maddie to check in. She's a little shook from the shooting. Then Pierce reports... She, they have a
1: moment that's actually kind of nice where she's like, I killed someone. And Mm -hmm. I, like, I appreciated them acknowledging that.
0: Yeah, but I kind of wish she'd gotten
1: bloodthirsty. Like, I
0: like that the emotional human thing is there. And, like, that's the better decision, certainly. But, like, bloodthirsty Madeline Weston seems very fun to me.
1: Uh, That's fair. I understand that you feel that way because you're also a bloodthirsty bitch.
0: And I have daddy issues. Uh, I want a mommy with a shotgun.
1: (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's, I mean... Yeah,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. that's it. That's all that we have to say about that. Um. So basically he checks in with her. Everything's fine. Pierce reports to the CIA that, that, or Pierce tells them like, yeah, we're definitely on Anson. Like I was skeptical before this dude just blew up a chemical plant and tried to kill all of us. So like, yeah. Whoever this dude is, we're after him, but it's not quite enough to get Fee out yet because we just, we don't have any answers. We don't have, we don't know who this dude is. Like, she's like, listen, this is close. And if you catch him, like, definitely that will help Fee's case, but... Right now, status quo is sort of what it is. But, exactly. you know, we're on your side again, at least. And he's yeah. like, okay. Then Michael very sweetly apologizes to Sam for his behavior. And they're like, let's go get to work. Which is, it's like a very boyish moment of, like, two boys trying to have an emotional moment. And they really can't. But they get close. He's yeah. like, I'm really sorry. I, like, I shouldn't have, you know, done everything. And Sam's like, it's all right, buddy. Let's go get to work. And I'm like, that's all that we needed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy that he acknowledged that. That his behavior was out of line. Right. Thought it was nice. That's how men do. Exactly. And then in the final scene, Fee and Bly face off one last time and Fee, the beauty that she is, realizes that the explosion couldn't have happened the way that Bly said it happened and is like, yeah, absolutely fuck off. Like, first of all, this is not how Michael Weston dies. Like, I know how he's going to die and it's going to be way more exciting. Second of all, your expo- expect uh, thing about the explosion doesn't make sense because of these eight reasons. Listen, he's like, you got that from a picture? And he's like, I'm fucking Fiona Glynann yes, of course I got it from a picture. I know everything about explosions. And I was like, yes, girl, yes! Um, And then Blythe's like, well, I guess you're going to die for him, so I hope you're happy. And then he leaves. And it's like, "Yeah, she is. Because she's great. Um, And we love her. And we love her, end of episode. And I liked starting and ending the episode with Fee. I thought that was a really strong choice. I think that it centers her decision, even when it's obviously in context of protecting Michael. Like, I like that we're centering her.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. Visually centering. I mean, they're visually, but I feel like also, I mean, I think definitely the ending more because it's like centering her choice. I do think like, although it's true, I do. Because they do start with her. They do start with her and I do like the way that it's directed and we're like, Mm -hmm. that's true. I was like thinking about the very kind of specifically like gazy, not in a sexual way, but just in like the, like, in a protective way where, like, uh, Michael would be like, no, and, like, but, yeah, we do have that long take that I actually do really enjoy, and it's, like, mm-hmm. really focusing on how she feels about this moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that little moment with the kid.
0: Oh, yeah, the weird moment where he makes eye contact in, like, the courthouse or whatever with, like, a young girl. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that was meant to communicate, but it was
1: fine. I think it was, like... Ah, the loss of innocence. I mean, I think it was... There was the idea that, like... Fee is being rendered monstrous.
0: Mm-hmm. But and and what I also liked about starting an ending with Fee is that like she was given a lot of dignity. That, she like, was given she, a lot of
1: dignity. That she I didn't kind
0: of it. didn't get last season just yeah. because like they immediately like stuck a bunch of guns in her face and that kind of stuff. And it was just like you yeah. know oh scary monster. And like mostly we're focusing on like Michael like freaking exactly. out. Even with her voiceover, it was about Michael's reaction in this moment. Yeah, exactly. And I like that we started an end on her getting to ha- be That's have true. like a
1: dignified yeah.
0: process. It is. This is feminism, Chris. This is feminism. <laughs> Do you want to talk burn about noticed, spy tips?
1: Burn noticed is feminism. <laughs> burn noticed is feminism.
0: Mm-hmm. It's all feminism. Feminism all the way down.
1: Burn noticing your bras, folks.
0: So it's interesting because for such an action-packed episode, there uh, were not that many spy tips at all. I think there were like eight, maybe, and... It's not going to get spy tips. They were a lot of really vague ones, and there might even be one of these that you're like, mm, this isn't good enough. Number three, I'm curious about, just because I don't remember the context. So if you remember the context and it's good, maybe we'll allow it. But it's not going to win, so maybe no. it
1: doesn't matter. Anyway, spy tips, number one. And, and this is a situation where it wins. I don't know if we've... I don't know if we've explained, but if there's enough, like good episode, great episodes of Burn Notice at the end of the season, they do win a prize.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the prizes, we make them
0: a little graphic.
1: Yeah, we'll make them a little graphic. We'll make them a little start. We'll give them. We'll send them a certificate.
0: <laughs> if you know the addresses of anyone who worked at Burn Notice, please get please get in touch. <laughs> uh spy tip number one anti-theft devices like transponder keys and transmission locks make newer trucks nearly impossible to steal hot wiring an older truck on the other hand is still just a matter of shorting the terminals on the starter solenoid and of course dealing with whoever happens to own the truck
1: i know a little bit more about hot wiring now than i did before so sure
0: yeah great and don't steal a new truck yeah Number two, keeping a large truck stable is basically about keeping your speed low and your turns shallow so the center of gravity doesn't shift further than the vehicle can handle. On the other hand, speed and sharp turns are exactly what you need if you want the truck to jackknife. An abandoned semi-truck will create an effective barricade, but if you really want to tie up traffic, it helps to give people a reason to keep their distance. This is where he blows up the yeah, t- truck. Exactly. So this is actually a tip we've gotten before. Like last or late last season, if you'll remember, they like faked a chemical fire
1: right.
0: to stop it. So this is just like the explosion version of the chemical fire, which yeah. I like to think is like a spiritual signal to fee
1: yeah
0: you know he's doing it for her exactly but like i i didn't know about the large truck keeping it stable and that that definitely makes me more nervous driving on the highway with semi trucks that are like going really fast going up mountains oh yeah (laughs) because i'm like oh now i know why you shouldn't be doing this beyond just sort of like generally you shouldn't do that so it made me afraid. Does that make it a good spy tip? Yeah, I think it does. There's enough specifics here. I'm I'm okay with it. And we also saw how he like put no, totally. the thing on fire. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with this. This is good. There's stuff here.
1: Okay. All these truck tips are great. <laughs> I assume they're all truck tips.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately not. So this is the one that I'm not sure about because I just don't remember the context, so let me know if you remember it. Number three. It's almost impossible to escape when you're being handcuffed by pros. They are trained to work in pairs when handcuffing a dangerous suspect. One cuffs the hostile, while the other one covers them both. Even if you can avoid getting cuffed, it only buys you a second before you get shot. But sometimes a second is all you need.
1: So this is when they're pinned down by the security guards. Okay. And... Oh, and Sam's playing dead? Sam's playing dead. Michael's playing injured. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, doing the whole thing with my arm. I can't put my arms above my head. Mm-hmm. I have been injured. Which is on purpose so that he can do stuff. And it's from that moment, I don't remember... Mostly what happened was...
0: Sam just, like, sh- shows up and is like,
1: Hello, suckers! Well, like, yeah, I think... What it was, was that, like, yeah, he tried to handcuff him and he just did, like, a thing. I don't remember. What... Is that enough? I don't know how he got, like, yeah, I don't know exactly. I think if they had been
0: more specific about, like, the tactical advantage of if it's two against two, but, like, you don't have enough guns, then, like, have one of you play dead so that you can get in. Like, if they had been more specific about the positioning, th- maybe it would have I think helped.
1: the point that they were trying to make was that when you're getting handcuffed, Like, there's not just one person there. So, like, the idea being that, like, even if you get the drop on someone who is handcuffing you, there's, like, another person there. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can't just rely on only stopping the handcuff person. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, also make sure that other person is neutralized. And I think that is what the tip is.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's also helpful if like, if two people are holding guns at you, but, like, they're, you know, good guys, quote-unquote, like... Get yourself into the position where one of them drops their weapon, so they start handcuffing you, and that's when you now have the advantage.
1: Maybe, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the stick I mean, anyway, yeah, it's
0: it's not going yeah, like, to win. It's a it's loser.
1: Not, <laughs> it's not going to win the certificate, but
0: <laughs> but it, it is. What if we still sent
1: win. it's episode by episode? What if we sent them a certificate for every single great episode of Burn Notice? That would be so condescending. Oh my god, no, that would be that condescending. There's going to be a lot of them. It's just—it feels so petty.
0: What if we sent it to them on like the anniversary of that episode premiering?
1: Just <gasps> <laughs> like every week, like every week or couple of weeks, and so like when they don't get See, one, that's that's what I'm thinking. It's fucking. Brutal. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, we have to do that. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Um, okay, Number, let's get out of spy tips. Number four, an ultra-wide band frequency scanner is one of the newer devices in the toolkit of the tactical breaching team. It's portable, requires a little power, and can see through doors well enough to tell you if they're worth kicking down.
1: I mean, it's a shopping tip, but I like shopping tips.
0: Yeah. A little out of our price range, but yeah. it's still there. I know it's called an ultra-wideband frequency scanner.
1: And it's a thing that you can do.
0: Yeah. Okay, so rating the episode, there are not at least five practical spy tips. There are only four, and they are a week four at that. So, sorry. Uh, Was there spycraft over violence? I don't know. I don't think there is, because, like, the actual spy tips are fucking steal a car, blow it up, and then, like... Bum Russia chemical
1: plant. Yeah, no, I don't think there was any spying in this episode.
0: Nah, it was definitely more of an action-y episode. And, like, yeah. it's it's more nuanced than, like, maybe a typical top cop show would be, but I don't think it's enough. I think it's mostly just shooting. Yeah, and, I think it was
1: a lot of shooting, yeah.
0: And because a lot of the big stuff they relied on, like, the real CIA to do, but, like, the CIA was more, top, like, yeah, they were not doing the... Also, the CIA is absolutely not able to do stuff on american soil right am i losing my mind or is like that's super illegal i think it's super illegal i don't and this is now the second in a row like thing that the cia is doing on american soil. i don't know
1: if they're coordinating with like i don't know that's a very good question um if like there's anyone of our followers who we have not alienated who knows the answer to this question um you can okay. let us know?
0: Unlike the FBI, it's uh, the CIA is prohibited from collecting information regarding That's US a, persons. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're not collecting any information here. They're like
0: Um In theory they aren't allowed to harm foreign nationals in the United States of America or operate.
1: It is a thing though that like they are one hundred percent everyone involved is a citizen. There's sure. no non citizens in this situation.
0: Yeah, the, the the CIA should not be there. Right. anyway and they're also like not even really acting like the cia it's just like yeah they're just cia yeah it's just shorthand for cops but special
1: exactly which is weird because that's normally what the fbi is
0: right but we don't work with the fbi we work with the cia so we're just like "Eh, it's fine but yeah so no not spy craft over violence that's true
1: that is the thing that like i feel like we have not really sat down and like interrogated and like engaged with enough is that this is a spy show Mm -hmm. that thinks that spies are cops
0: well let's not
1: I know, but it's, it's sort like of,
0: kind of the Matt Nicks thing.
1: No, but it's sort of interesting it's that there's, like... What like, if
0: doctors were cops?
1: Exactly. What
0: if... <laughs> what if rich guys were cops? Exactly. What if spies were cops?
1: Um, what if dogs if, were cops? Dogs were cops. Which is kind of why I liked The Gifted, because it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. There was, like... Unless it gets that way later, because I gotta yeah, watch those two episodes. Yeah, no, there was like, long enough. But, like, at no point were... Was anyone cops? Like there were cops in the episode, but like Kobe Bell was a cop. Kobe Bell was a cop, but like he wasn't, like right. yeah, he wasn't a good guy. He was like yeah. It was the one time that they were like definitely not acting as cops. It was interesting. <laughs> and...
0: It's kind of a bummer that his whole television repertoire. It's like there's only one non-cop episode, and it's a fucking Marvel show.
1: Exactly. Anyways,
0: um, so that's already this is already not a great episode of Burn which is too bad because I had a really good time watching this. Oh, um, totally. There was not an alias, returning or otherwise. Nope. Um, All right, let's talk about supporting characters. Did Fee get to blow something up or be a protagonist? I think because we started and ended with her and because her explosives expertise was like a linchpin of the episode. I
1: would not go that far. Really? Yeah. Like,
0: for her plot and the fact that it starts and ends with her, like, that's a fairly important beat.
1: Yeah, but, like...
0: And the beat is resolved because she's good at explosions.
1: That's... Actually, yeah. You know what? Okay, fine. It's kind of
0: like the the weird middle ground between those two. It's,
1: yeah. I mean, she's not the protagonist. I, like, she is not in this episode very much. No. Like... But she is, like, the framing device for the episode. A little bit. I... I don't know if I would go that far. Like, she is, in the literal sense, she is the first and last things that we see. Mm -hmm, She's the bookend. She is bookending. I do think there's a difference between bookending and... A framing device. That's
0: fair because, yeah, the, the stuff that she says in, like, her scene doesn't, like, naturally follow. Exactly.
1: She is not framing the story. Right. She's
0: just literally framing the episode. And Like, yeah, kind of, she
1: is bookending. I yeah. think that's that I feel like is the more accurate thing to say.
0: But it's more than a lot of episodes that she gets to do. But also like... It's more about her and it's about her. She gets her.
1: more to do in episode, in other episodes where we have not given them this I feel like.
0: I mean, how much do you want to... Yes or no? Here's the thing, I don't
1: think think she got to be a protagonist in this episode. I I, don't think either. I think, but I can be convinced that her knowledge of explosions counts. Okay,
0: then let's do it. Let's count it.
1: Let's count it. Does
0: Sam get to be peak Bruce Campbell?
1: You know, I kind of argue that he does.
0: But not in the fun way we're used to.
1: I mean, and that's part of just the way that Sam's character has changed over time. He's a good old boy. But also, like... To me, there is something peak Sam, at least, about...
0: Insisting that they're the good guys as they continue to point guns at other people.
1: And specifically trying to charm a guy out of, like, not, like, caring that they stole his truck.
0: Yeah, that's That's, fair.
1: That's a very Sam move. Yeah. And I, you know what? I like that.
0: But is that peak Bruce Campbell or is that peak Sam
1: Axe? I think we need... That's one of those things where, like, over time, like, the show is different now... And we have to evolve with the show. Okay,
0: fine. So at least two supporting characters are used well already. Uh, Jesse—is he a distinct addition rather than a redundancy?
1: I don't feel like Jesse. We didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we and we didn't get Jesse's sort of particular brand of how he does spy work. So exactly. Uh, Does Maddie get a genuine emotional moment with another character, or get to do the case of the week? Well, she does shoot a guy, which I loved. Yeah, I had an emotional moment with Michael about like I shot a guy. She shot (laughs) a guy. (laughs) I
1: was (laughs) getting there. This is not the Turner and Hooch. <laughs> oh, God. I shot of God. <laughs> We're talking about Die Hard. <laughs> if that was not clear. Um, I don't know if I would give Madeline, maybe. It was quick. I will say, like, but I she, don't think she, this is an episode. She's
0: part of the case of the week.
1: I don't think this is an episode that I think... Like, I think that, like, it used both Madeline and Feet. Like, I think they were well-written. Well-integrated. They're well... I would say they're well-written in these episodes. Mm -hmm. I think that, like...
0: But as functions of a plot rather than as characters with, like, their own agency. Yeah, like,
1: like, I feel like this is such... I don't think they did anything bad with Fear Madeline, but this is such a, like, man episode. Yeah. That, like they necessarily have to exist on the margins of it. Sure. And so it feels weird to give them points for, like, integrating them. Well,
0: to be super fair, we're... This is not a great episode of Burn Notice. So, like, they've already failed. Now it's just sort of a matter of, like, we have to do our scientific due diligence.
1: Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's, like, I'm trying to, like, say, like, yeah, I think... It feels weird to look at this episode and think, like, it did really well by the women.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point.
1: Like, because that was...
0: Not not the goal. (laughs) That was not
1: the goal. And that was like, and again, I think that they did do badly by the women. I think Mm -hmm. that the episode, the scenes that they were in were well written and they cared, like, they did due diligence in terms of writing those characters well. Mm -hmm. But like, they were not the focus. Yeah, it was not not their episode. Yeah, exactly. And so it feels not quite right to like give them this.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. But we, we said Fee and Sam were used well, so it got one out of four in terms yeah. of our, our criteria for g- great episodes of Burnout. So this is not a great episode of Burnout. Now, was this a great episode of television?
1: Here's the thing about this episode.
0: And I, I will just say to remind you that we do technically put first and last episodes of Seasons in a slightly different no. category. Yeah. So remembering Here's
1: that. Here's what I will say about this episode. In the bit at the end, like, when they were blowing up Sam, Mm -hmm. and, like, Anson was getting away, I was fully engaged. I was, like, almost audibly... I think I'm... I don't know if I was audibly, but almost audibly shouting at the screen, kill Anson. Kill Mm -hmm. Anson. It worked on me emotionally. Like, I was... It 100% made me feel all the things I was supposed to feel Mm -hmm. by that point in the episode. I was fully on board. If that's not what makes a great episode of television, then I don't know what is.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think this was a great episode of television. That's, I think, Matt Nick's second great episode of television of all time.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's like, yeah, I think he's good at this thing.
0: Yeah, I think he, I think he's the last great, the only other great episode Matt Nix has gotten is the premiere of season four.
1: Exactly. I think he's good at premieres now. I don't, yeah, he's he gotten, he didn't there. used to be, but like, uh, he's gotten really good at it. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. There were no yogurts, right? I didn't, no, there were I don't think he ever got a chance to no. take a break for a yogurt. But yeah, I was very excited from this episode. Like, obviously, there's just the emotional level of like, these are our friends and family now. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's been a weird year. Exactly. I'm very emotionally invested in the Burn Notice characters. But also, yeah, it was a genuinely fun no, episode. I was invested. I had fun. I laughed out loud when Michael slammed on the brakes in the car. Like, I was, I was on fucking board. I, I was on say, board. And
1: we talked about this a lot towards the end of last season. Part of it's just that Anson is a good villain. Yeah, he is. And... Like, it is a testament to how much the effect a good villain has on this kind of show. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have a good villain, that allows you to do good storytelling. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like, and I think really Burn Notice has become a show that in terms of these big plotarchy type stuff, lives and dies by its villains. Mm -hmm. And its villains, especially in the first half of the show, were very, very weak. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. They were boring
0: and impersonal. Exactly.
1: In or it? boring and trying too hard. Like, mm-hmm. um, what's his name?
0: Victor?
1: Or, or like, what was... Um, you gotta be more Garrett, specific. What's... Dillahunt? Garrett Dillahunt. Garrett Dillahunt? What was his character's name?
0: Oh, um... The Joker?
1: <laughs> yeah, the Joker. Is... When Garrett Dillahunt was the Joker... <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's his name? It's Escher. Simon Escher. Simon Escher! <laughs> I knew Oh Escher. my god!
1: It's his <laughs> name... Because, of course, his name was Simon Escher, because he was the... Because he was all, like, Trixie and, like, Simon Asher. Oh, my God. I mean, here's the thing. We talked about this at the time, but it's been so long that I'd forgotten. Anyway, this has been Burned at Us. We're back. We're back, bitches.
0: Thanks again to Vincent EL for our theme music. You can find more of Vince's music at vincentel.bandcamp.com. And until next week, bye, bitches.
1: We're back. We're back.